0: Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. And I'm Brian Dawes. No, that's wrong. That is does, <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> does it does it work for Brian too, or does it only work no, for Jay? No, it doesn't work. For, Brian sounds nothing like us. That's true. I had to give it the try, and I've kind of overdone pretending to be you, so I thought I'd try someone else.
1: Yeah, you see, Chris, your mistake was trying was pretending trying to pretend to be another co-host, when you're on the show with all the italians on it
0: <laughs> yeah this is going to be a really confusing one for the people who can't tell us apart yeah sorry folks sorry this is jay by the way <laughs> all right so in news double masters 2 2022 is that what they're calling it double masters 2022 is out in whatever quantities it's out I- i've heard it's <laughs> kind of limited Uh, Warhammer has been delayed in addition to, uh, Unfinity having also been delayed. So we are in, I mean, gosh, we have like six whole weeks without previews coming up. I don't know how we're going to, I don't know how we're going to get through, but we'll find a way. We'll find a
1: way. So Jay, I, if you scroll down under our agenda, we have a schedule where you can just (laughs) see, uh, all the episodes we're going to do in, in this time from, from now to then uh and so um, Oh wow! look at all those that's that's how we're gonna do it
0: i, I see i see. <laughs> okay excellent
1: excellent uh, look today's episode is gonna be great and all like look whatever though i'm really excited for next week we'll get there next week
0: uh just another note if you ordered a playmat they have been produced and i have been told that they start shipping out next week uh is that next week as of release of they start shipping out this week <laughs> there we go <laughs> uh
1: i i do we do have to backtrack a little bit um uh, because you're being uh very very insensitive towards digital magic players because alchemy horizons Baldurs gate is also now out on mtg arena which i'm plugging because i have work in it haha
0: can we can we hear the voice lines now? Are they yes. do they play? Uh
1: yeah, apparently there was an issue on, on update day where uh VL wasn't playing. But yeah, it's it seems like all that's fixed. So uh go here, Tasha and Minsk. We got Jim Cummings back, it's very exciting. Uh yeah, I got to I got to write Minsk. Wild. Uh but let's go talk about magic instead of D D.
0: So this week, we're going to talk about the time of Legends, or more specifically, we're going to talk about, like, Legends-era characters. So there's actually, like, two different eras that Legends, that original set that has been referenced again in Commander Legends.
1: We need to we need to pause, because I said let's stop talking about D&D and talk about magic. But actually, we're mostly still talking about D&D, Dominia and Dominaria um sweet jesus (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) actually that would
0: be d and d and d because a lot of this stuff takes place in the domains on dominaria in dominia so anyway there are two time periods there is essentially before the brothers war which is a big era for legends era characters and then there is after the Ice Age, but before the Phyrexian Invasion, which is typically the other era, because that was the sort of modern day before the Phyrexian Invasion.
1: <clears throat> screwed up how nobody talks about the Ice Age.
0: Yeah, we should get a magic set set during the Ice Age.
1: It's most that would be really cool. Nothing happens during the Ice Age. It's like 3,000 years of everyone was cold, and that's about it.
0: <laughs> and then stuff happens at the very end. Yes we, we <laughs> Anyway, uh, so let's talk a little bit about mytho history as it was defined in the Dominaria art book. So if we go back more than 20,000 years ago, we have, or minus 20,000 AR, we have uh, things like the Elder dragons being born and the Elder Dragon War. So we don't have an exact timing because it was so long ago, but essentially after the, well, the Elder Dragons were born when the Ur-Dragon touched Dominaria and all of these eggs spawned and birthed these Elder Dragons. But by the time the Elder Dragon war was over, there were only seven left. There used to be only five, but uh, we've since had several added to canon. (laughs) <laughs> one one a very long time ago and then only given a card in the last few years but still
1: literally last year
0: so those seven elder dragons the original five were arcades sabath chromium Ruel, nickel bolus palladium mors and vivictus asmati and then later uh ugin was added to their number in the chronicle of bolus and piru is from one of the comic books uh she did they what was the pronouns didn't they give piru both pronouns at some point
1: not that i know of as far as i know she's always been referred to with she her and as chromium's mate
0: she is chromium's mate yeah um and they are the parents of one funny thing to me is they are the parents of a, a very evil looking dragon from later even though chromium's like super nice uh, or at least as super nice as Elder
1: Dragons go. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: uh, so basically, <laughs> 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 we'll talk about that in a minute.
1: Su- super, super, super nice in the way that the Prime Directive tells you to let civilizations collapse and suffer out of non interference, but like also sometimes interfere. Chromium is fascinating, but like very fickle and yeah.
0: I feel like a lot of what's going to be said in this episode can be followed with a,
1: well,
0: <laughs> um, did we ever define what AR means and like the calendar system? Uh, I guess I should, mention we, we should that. probably like yeah. at least mention. <laughs> so yeah. the calendar system on Dominaria is based on the Argivian reckoning, because of course it's centered around Urza and he grew, he was born in Argive. And so zero is the date of his birth basically. Zero AR. It's like Jesus. You're dating from zero. And so we're talking twenty thousand years before Urza here. Modern day is four thousand five hundred and sixty-ish years after Urza. How how would I convert this Dominaria time to Ixelon time? Is there like a, a like a formula or is it just like an easy conversion?
1: This joke has always been bad, and I won't stand for it because <laughs> Having alternate time flows in your multiverse is bad and too mathy and narratively insane. Get out of here. Go.
0: (laughs) Which is the only reason I keep making the joke, because it's the most ridiculous concept.
1: Because you're evil. You. This is true. You are the progeny of Chromium and Piru, clearly.
0: Oh, if only. Yeah, I'm I'm not even going to get into that. Like...
1: Get in, Get into what? Hold on. Which thing are you referencing there?
0: <laughs> the 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 Ixalan. Oh yeah, no time thing. Yeah, well, I was well, like, when does Jay show up? And are are you even is is this complaint even legitimate? Like, is there actually a discrepancy, or were people just unhappy with that scene and looking for something?
1: For a second, I thought you were going to mention how uh, Chromium and Piru are the parents of Croesus. And it's pretty strongly impro- implied that Daragaz, being a Shivan dragon, is somewhere in the bloodline of um, Vevictus Asmati, and wondering how the other primeval dragons get born from the Elder Dragons, and-, and how that works. Does Nicol Bolas have a long-lost son out there, or a daughter, uh, I guess, if it was Trev? That would require
0: Nicol Bolas to... He's got big incel energy, so I think... (laughs) think, Uh, (laughs) You know, fair. I I actually have, like, a whole... I created, like, a giant Dominaria dragon uh, genealogy, Uh which I would have to look up, but yeah, that's... It's it's fun, because they are... Like we have so many connections now I'm, between them.
1: There, there's a surprising number of family histories you can draw uh, from the dragons. Yeah,
0: and some good. of them are recent. Like the mm-hmm. the crisis thing is recent. So anyway, we should mention, as the elder dragons waned, like their descendants, which include the primeval dragons, reigned supreme. And each of these primeval dragons were essentially a an embodiment of a a, a period in the draconic life cycle right <clears throat> so you had treva uh, the renewer rith uh dromar deragaz who we mentioned before andamine. and croesus and croesus is like death so he's like this evil super looking <clears throat> evil looking dragon dude who j- comes from chromium who's this brilliant shining dragon who's who's pretty decent in t- as far as dragons go
1: he takes after his mom <laughs> yeah 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 uh
0: but it's kind of implied that they're descendants of the elder dragons which has always been theorized but was never confirmed until Mm -hmm. we learned uh crisis was um chromium and piru's uh child
1: well so so we would we would have would have been softly confirmed that daragaz was because we know daragaz was a shivan dragon or i guess is because he's still alive again uh and that all the Shivan dragons were born from Vivectus Mahdi, so
0: so Darugaz is a dragon that plays a big role in the um <clears throat> in the Frexian invasion, and Daragaz's thing is he reincarnates, so there have been several Daragazes. We don't know if the original Daragaz was a Shivan dragon descendant of Vivectus's Mahdi. But one of his reincarnations was, I guess, kind of. It's it's weird. It's really not think, worth thinking about too hard, unless you want to go cross eyed. Uh, <laughs> so these prime, five primevals ruled for a number of time. Uh, now the other elder dragons that were still around, various things had happened to them that we'll get into in a second. Um, Arcades like ruled a human civilization. Uh, Nicol bolus's spark ignite so he got bored ugin spark ignited as well before bolus's so those two kind of left um so there's really only a handful left on dominaria uh but then these five powerful wizards called the called the numina uh came and they essentially killed or imprisoned the primeval dragons uh in order to take their powers and ascend into godhood except these five, each of each of which representing a different color of magic, uh weren't so great, and they killed the white-aligned and green-aligned versions because they didn't want to share. Uh and so after that, eventually the Numena themselves died or disappeared. We don't really know much about what happened to them. Uh we have well, first we have the duel at the Talon Gates, which is where Nicobolus fights. I was about to say an elder dragon leviathan. Nope. (laughs) A demonic leviathan. Demonic leviathan. A demonic leviathan. Creature type demon
1: leviathan.
0: Not elder demon leviathan.
1: Planeswalker. This is a planeswalker he's fighting who is also a demonic leviathan.
0: Their battle rips a hole in like time and space uh, and creates like the first rift on Dominaria. The first time rift which will matter when we talk about the mending again. Uh... <clears throat> we won't get Why too much into that because that'll be important I think we're talking about it god that's all August. August the end of August yeah, <laughs> a lot of, oh my between now and August <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of Dominaria talk let me tell you people um <clears throat> so then like 10,000 years pass we don't really know what happened in that time all we know is that this uh, civilization of artificers called the Thran human artificers specifically mm-hmm. called the Thran uh end up reigning supreme uh until stupid sexy yagmoth gets called in to cure the legendary artificer glacian's illness uh a whole lot happens glacian's wife rebecca learns that yagmoth is basically experimenting on her husband uh there is ethically right
1: though like ethical experiments. everything
0: everything yagmoth does is ethical I'm sorry unethical unethical that's the word I
1: think and for the explicit purpose of helping the Thran right
0: well he is a Thran so yes he is helping <laughs> a Thran <laughs> <laughs> uh but this is when we see like the dawn of Phyrexia uh the Thran planeswalker Dyfed arrives and they all have this real sense of manifest destiny that Yagmoth really plays into.
1: Oh, the th- the Thran are bad people. There's a lot
0: of. Yeah. It's amazing how many nationalists exist in Magic and how easily they're manipulated and abused uh, in order to do evil things.
1: Uh, that's it's almost like nationalism
0: are... is evil. <laughs> Weird. Weird. <laughs> Uh um, me and Lorelai trying to make the same point at the same time. You're both um, like oh, no, no. Now now I think it's worth noting that Phyrexia, uh the plane of which the Phyrexians take their name from existed before all of this yeah, happened. We we don't know. There was like so basically what happened is Dyfed creates this gateway to Phyrexia. She basically searches for this paradise world for Yogmoth for him to continue his process of improving the Thran.
1: Thanks, fed.
0: Yeah. And she discovers, uh, this world of nine nested spheres where it's planeswalker guardian who had taken the form of a metallic dragon. It was not chromium. It's very clearly not chromium. It is some planeswalker who is cosplaying as a metal dragon uh and but they had died and if no one had taken the plane it would have just collapsed is is what is implied uh so Yogmoth goes there and sees his path to godhood and creating uh uses the technology there to kind of um accelerate his experiments and create the first like proto phyrexians Uh, then a big civil war happens and the thran civilization disappears basically overnight uh, there's a whole class of untouchables that we can talk about another time. Uh, but the important character from there is a guy named Gix, who signs up with the Ogmoth because he's like a p- political prisoner in their caves of the damned beneath their literal floating city. Uh, but he doesn't really trust Young.
1: What if we take all our irradiated people and push them over there? That's, that's what the Thran did. Yeah. And it turns out all those sick people were not terribly happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: about eighteen hundred, so that was about six thousand years before uh, Urza. The uh, about eighteen hundred years before Urza is when Tevish Zat was born, or Tev Glade, which he this has a whole. We'll, yeah, we'll talk. We'll we'll talk about the. Um, we will talk about him more during the ice age because he he matters a lot more during the ice age or the lead up to the ice age which we're not really going to talk about today uh but then oh, we get wait, to is ice Age
1: getting its whole own episode Ice
0: Age just getting we're going to do a whole episode on the ice oh age. hell yeah wait how far it's, are we going today it...
1: i should maybe actually look at the rest of the agenda okay
0: <laughs> i i think the ice age episode will be really fun because that is a, a a very cool time for magic story <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
1: um yeah okay so
0: and now after the fall of the thran but before urza is what is known as the time of legends i mentioned that a little bit earlier this specific time frame is where uh, a lot of the comic books from armada takes place uh and so this is where we get things like savitri Skarzams dragons uh where she is this interplanar being the wording around her is a little weird. It's not really clear if she's a planeswalker or if she has some other means of moving between planes, because there were ways to do that. Not it's everyone all... who could move between planes was a planeswalker.
1: Yeah, there were. Also, like, this was before. This is when Magic Story. Well, I say Magic Story as if it was a cohesive thing, or Magic didn't really, like, talk about the spark yet. The spark. Like, spark as a word is used at some points in later comics. Um, But the idea that you were born with a spark, some event triggers and activates that spark, and then you become a planeswalker, like, wasn't really a thing conceptually yet. And so you had a lot of characters who could just, like, oh, if you were a powerful enough mage, you could, like, master magic and walk the planes, kind of in a D&D-esque way. Um,
0: Yeah, early magic cribbed a lot from D&D. Specifically how, like, very powerful wizards are almost godlike and can move between, you know, realms. Uh, so, yeah, or planes. Uh, so that's, Savitri ends up getting scared off by, of all people, Solkanar, who is a forest spirit in this continent called Corindor. Corindor is where a lot of these comics take uh, place because it was...
1: He's he's very specifically confirmed as a Maro sorcerer.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, which are, they're basically avatars of a specific forest that do work on behalf of Gaia, uh, one of the many gods on Dominaria, who might also be the plane's world soul. That's never really, like, confirmed how Gaia works anywhere.
0: And it's great because they take their name from Mark Rosewater.
1: <laughs> that is why
0: they are Morrow sorcerers. So what what you need to know about Savitri is that she uh she has a lot of dragons she's kind of like uh, a Sarkon val of back in the day she's a big she's she's a big pony girl except if ponies were dragons uh and tries to invade but a lot of her dragons end up getting killed off by poison <clears throat> uh this is also the era where the black blade is forged and we encounter a number of planeswalkers uh dakin black blade who is the person who forges it uh it, there is one source that mentions he even sac- he sacrifices a lot of people including his own son uh, to forge the blade he's a he bad this- person he's not a good person yeah and he does this at the behest of uh, Gaeodron Dihada, which is a she's sort of a demonic ur- um, Ursula I'm I'm blank. thank you Ursula-esque uh, from Little Mermaid demon with clear. like yeah with like uh, octopus, a human human top and like a tentacly bottom um she's also not very nice she ends up stealing dakin's soul through his shadow uh and she also like ignites his spark and turns him like basically she says she'll turn him into a planeswalker if he makes this blade for her but then after she does that she steals his spark in order to basically control him Uh it it doesn't work quite like she had hoped. Uh he still has his own free will, but he is just short his soul. So he he kind of wants that back. Um and the explain that's also kind of the explanation for why he isn't a Planeswalker card, although that's in hindsight is at the time he was not a Planeswalker. Uh she the poor soul Canar, she ends up corrupting Sulcanar and turning him into like this more demonic entity rather than this uh, benevolent nature entity. So all we ever know Sulcanar as is um, this demonic thing that she uses to help her conquer Corindor. Uh, This is also the era of the battle of Moor's Ridge where like, I think two of our elder dragons die that had survived to this point. Uh, so basically what happened is uh, Palladium Orse got jelly that uh, Chromium was interested in humanity, goes to wipe out a village uh, in order to stop her. Chromium puts her to sleep and then transforms himself into a human called the tickery man. Who you cast the spell that continues to keep you
1: asleep? Hold on, you're gonna, you're just gonna mention his epithet of the Tickery Man, and not mention that the name he went by is Ham, Ham the Tickery Man. It's great. All
0: right, all right, all right. It is a very silly name. Okay, it's fantastic. Uh, This is this is of course a big revelation during the story there is no explanation for him being called ham by the way there is no reason behind it he is just called ham in case anyone was thinking it was like short for something or like had some big significant meaning sorry. basically there's this uh, this one warrior woman who has the hots for ham the tickery man Uh, and she's like pining for him through both comics. And at the end, he's like, sorry, lady, I'm actually a dragon. Not interested. (laughs) That only made her more interested. (laughs) Um, but essentially later on, Vivectus Asmadi, who had been transformed into like a dragon whelp from his big, uh, elder dragon form, uh, manipulates this warlord to free Palladium Moors. Uh, palladia undoes his curse and he's turned back into a regular dragon uh but then things happen and they turn on each other uh Vevictus is killed palladia is implied to have been killed or at least put back under her sleep spell i think she's supposed to have been killed it's it's pretty clear she's 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 dead they just don't explicitly say it uh and chromium is very sad from having to do that to protect the humans uh, so we're down to at this point just, Chromium, Piru, and Arcades are the only the only Elder Dragons left on the plane at least, although uh, Nicol Bolas might have his toe left in the plane.
1: Yeah, like Bolas and Ugin are off doing planeswalkery things, um, and I believe Arcades doesn't die till the Ice Age, if I'm remembering yeah. Christina's yep. life correctly
0: yep and then poor poor Arcadius gets killed off screen in a after being summoned in a planeswalker duel yeah uh but that's during that's an ice age thing we'll talk yeah. about uh later uh so then the last big story we get during this time period note i'm talking about stories set on dominaria there are other stories that take place during this time period but aren't uh explicitly during the time period or they're concerned very obscure characters that we don't really need to talk yeah, about it. Yeah,
1: we're we're very specifically spending the next like month and a half talking about Dominarian history, because the next says Dominari United. See, we're very clever and useful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so this is where we get into the Dakin Blackblade comic, where a young or a boy named Karth the Lion uh, comes and is essentially tricked by um Dehada, who wants Deccan back Uh, into summoning Dakin and coming to challenge her and Sulkanar, who has the Black Blade currently, uh, and to try and get Dakin's soul back. And Karth basically just wants revenge on Sulkanar because he, under Dehada's orders, slaughtered his village. Uh, Dehada, Sulkanar loses, Dakin gets the Black Blade black. Uh, Whoa, say that
1: one again.
0: The Black (sighs) Babe. (laughs) <laughs> the he black does. blade back
1: there we there. go yeah black
0: can you imagine Blade's those poor people filming right. the Nuka Penna thing with how well I talk
1: oh I'm, I'm amazed <laughs> you know when when you mentioned that you were like gonna be on a thing that hadn't and had to do like acting things I'm like oh I, I don't believe in God right now but if I did I would ask them to bless whoever's directing this thing that you've got to work <laughs> with <you." laughs> you did Listen, great though not, it was really fun not
0: not once was i asked beforehand whether or not i could actually pronounce anything not once uh so anyway
1: that's tie time <laughs> Dehada, stuff. of course he can
0: Dahara ends up summoning chromium and piru uh and the black blade puts an end to piru it kills her it creates this giant chasm in corindor uh the death ends up powering up Dahara quite a bit um, but Dakin and Karth are able to kind of rest their souls back from Dahada. Uh, and Dak is implied to be free. And he and Karth head to, uh, Argivia as a, um, or Argive as kind of a foreshadowing of brother's war stuff that never happened. <laughs> yeah. Basically the comics had a brother's war adaptation that ends like, two-thirds of the way through the Brothers' War. They just never finished it. Uh, so we never got whatever the connections there would be. Imagine the Armada comics just dropping in the middle of a plot and then never knowing what was going to happen next.
1: Yeah, as far as I understand it, that whole intentional setup that never really gets paid off was literally just to explain how the Carthalian line gets started on Terresiere because we mm-hmm. had already had uh, Carthalian characters mentioned in flavor text and stuff in uh the ice age block
0: yeah they they kind of so these comics i should mention kind of jump all over so they would like establish characters and then jump back in time and have this character's ancestor and so they 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 do they kind of jump all over the place there was no like it's a shame they probably should have done something like the boom comics where they just have an ongoing with an occasional uh side story and maybe they jump around in the ongoing rather than having the all these confusing number ones and number twos that are yeah it it was it was real scattershot and weird the way they did things um but then we had several generations later the brothers war and that's from zero ar to about 64 ar we're not going to talk about that right now in fact we're not going to talk about this really at all except for certain plot elements we need to because... Wow! Really? Did you Why know we're getting we're getting, whole, we're getting a whole set? So <laughs> <laughs> we have several episodes devoted to just talking about the Brothers War specifically before the Brothers War set. Uh, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that.
1: Yeah, I like the big takeaway is that this is when Urza and Mishra are born. There are Givian artificers. They accidentally reopen the portal to Phyrexia, and then later start a Continental war with each other. It's very uh personal brothers' feud becomes multinational conflict. Uh Gix comes back and like tries to usurp the armies. Uh and the war ends when Urza uses a artifact called um the Golgothian Silex, a magic dish, uh, and explodes the island of Argoth, uh, igniting his planeswalker spark. Um And uh, hey,
0: Spoilers Jesus
1: that doesn't come out for Six God. months We say this like every every time I talk About the <laughs> Brothers War story For the last like year I've just been like it, this feels Like it should be illegal Because I'm supposed to be under NDA
0: This feels like I'm breaking An NDA
1: <laughs> but like This book was published 25 years ago So it's like whatever And it's it's just been weird
0: so so then the planet cooled and we got the Ice Age. We'll talk about the Ice Age next time. The planet uncooled, warmed up, uh, 3, got better. 3,000 years later. What's called the Flood Ages. So now we're in the 3,000s to 4,000s AR. And that's when we get the other Legends uh, from Legends. Uh, and they're divided up between uh, the Legends 1 cycle and the Legends 2 cycle, really. Uh, they're divided between, one had a comic book, The Legend of Jedit Ojanin, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, and the other cycle is about Nicol Bolas, uh, his his death, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, did we talk about it on the actual podcast, or is that what we were talking about before the podcast, Chris? Uh, we did not talk about it on the podcast yet. Uh, talking about it what? Can be some It can be summed up by Nicol Bolas, you know, the great god uh, who... Is the most evil and dastardly mind in all the multiverse, just kind of gets murked by some dude with a katana. Uh yeah, it's
1: great. It's, it's Didn't y'all see Samurai Jack?
0: Uh he he gets got <laughs> yeah. It's it's very funny to me. So the uh Legends 1 cycle is about a Leonin. I'm I'm just gonna straight up call him Leonin. Uh basically I, what I should explain here is Magic used to have like cat folk and panther folk or panther warriors. They didn't have like a cohesive name for these anthropomorphic cat people until Mirrodin. Uh but at this point it is pretty safe to call all of these anthropomorphic cat people leonin because they fall under the we've seen Caracol leonin, right? Like uh-huh. yeah, are, New we, they are they definitely fall they definitely fall under the leonin umbrella. Yeah. Um, like, we,
1: we specifically use the word Leonin in Nukapena, even though they're not technically lion folk, they're caracal folk. So, like, uh, like Leonin also got used for the jaguar folk on Naya, um, even though their overall culture was called the Nakadal. That is a specific planar culture and not the word magic uses for this type of person, this species of person. So, uh, yeah, in retrospect, Lutniptal, human dude. Was married to a Leonin, good for him.
0: <laughs> uh, so, Jedet Ojanin is a Leonin warrior from a tribe called, uh, or from a, a, a oasis called Ifrava. The Ifravins are one of several tribes of these Leonin warriors in this desert in the south of Jamura. Uh, his father goes out on an adventure years before disappears doesn't come back i, I believe he's dead i it, it's been a while since i looked at this well he's certainly clearly, dead but it's by
1: now in the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well so essentially what happens is he's he is ends up being killed by this wizard this evil wizard uh basically he gets killed by darth maul uh before he's darth maul and famous uh a, a character named johan uh who also has like the avatar like arrow on his forehead i just noticed amongst all his other little black uh tattoos (laughs) got a very interesting design there in any case uh jeddit ends up going out and looking for him finding out his father's dead and uh going on a quest for revenge he ends up encountering a number of heroic characters Uh, i'm not going to get into all of them right now but um And and he joins this group called the Robarin mercenaries, who are these kind of Robin Hood-esque mercenaries. They're 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 not quite good guys, but they're not the bad guys either. Um, And they have fun adventures on airships and stuff. And basically, these novels go on entirely too long, but the comic book (laughs) solves it in two in two issues. Yeah, stretching it turns out stretching two comic book issues into three novels leads to a lot of quote-unquote filler story points um Jedid ends up avenging his father uh years him. later years later we learn during the mending that the efraven uh the efravens are homeless basically their their uh, oasis is destroyed in the uh the time before the mending uh when everything on dominaria is going to hell uh, and so the Afravins are just kind of nomadic people these days that's the le- that's the gist of the Legends 1 cycle. I have one quick question uh about Johan. How does his how do his ferrets play into this Johan's ferrets?
1: That's Jovan.
0: Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Johan.
1: No, those the, the ferrets belong to Jovan, you see. Johan is the one with the fabric store.
0: Oh, okay. I think <laughs> I, think I might have killed God. Jay. I swear to God too. <laughs> Uh, what joven for those of you who don't understand what's going on here joven is a character from the homelands whether or not the homelands should have been set on dominaria is a whole other thing because it definitely creatively started off as setting set on dominaria um and they had to do a whole lot of narrative backflips in order to make it work as a separate plane but anyway let's talk about legends 2 and the Uh, very cool tetsuo umazawa so when we were talking about kamigawa we actually mentioned this guy a few times because he had a maybe a descendant on on kamigawa still uh uh, maybe a, a relative on kamigawa still i should say so basically back during the original kamigawa block uh a guy named toshiro umazawa was the servant of a being called the Myogen of Nights Reach, which is one of the uber powerful spirits, kami of uh, Kamigawa. He ends up pissing her off. She is one of those beings who is not a planeswalker but can move between planes, and she deposits him on the island con- uh, on the island nation of Madara on Dominaria. And four hundred years later, he has created like this dynasty. And his descendant, Tetsuo Umazawa, is the champion of the emperor, of the god emperor, I should be clear. Now, the god emperor happens to be, at this point, Nicol Bolas. I think it was probably always Nicol Bolas. I don't think there was ever another god emperor. No, well, there was another, like, there was, like, an empress before, there was, like, other emperors before Nicol Bolas came and said, no, this is mine.
1: It's always been wanker, <laughs> Uh,
0: So... Tetsuo, over the course of these novels, slowly realizes he doesn't really like being the champion. Like, what's the point of being the champion, defending the God Emperor's honor if the God Emperor doesn't have any honor? Uh huh. And he's just yeah. So he's just like, hey, what hands-
1: happens when you serve a government that sucks shit? Me stares aggressively at the audience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like you have to mention. I, I you might be getting to him at some point here, um, but like. There's also Ramsey's Overdark, which is the coolest name in Uh all of magic history, who is also like one of the champions of the God Emperor Nicol Bolas. And just just like that name. I'm sorry. Ramsey's Overdark.
1: Now, I'm going to I'm going to ask a question here for the benefit of our audience. Is the guy named Ramsey's Overdark a good guy or a bad guy? I'm going to lean towards (laughs) not not
0: a good guy. Uh so uh, what we should mention is a lot of these characters were drawn from the uh the designers D&D campaigns. Uh-huh. So these were people these were like in some cases these were vanity cards of characters that the designers uh, had. In some cases they were just characters from the ca- their campaigns and just kind of got imported.
1: Legends is a wild set.
0: So Ramsey's Overdark is the main bad guy cuz he is essentially the guy running the emperor running the empire for Nicol Bolas uh and you know there's a there's a period where Tetsuo thinks oh the god emperor must not know that Ramsey's Overdark is like this dirtbag uh but then no no the, he's like <laughs> he's, no I know exactly what Ramsey's Overdark is doing and I'm okay with it um <clears throat> so long story short there's a, there's a lot that happens here involving a lot of different legends from legends uh basically tetsuo tor waki is like tetsuo's apprentice Uh, there are lots of other characters that appear i just can't get into them all there's so many of them
1: yeah these 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 two book series were used as an excuse to just name drop a bunch of the legends legends in magic stories
0: one i will mention that was really cool is the um Cat dragon Nakuru. Uh they're they're called Nakuru. Let me let me look up what her name
1: was. Wasatora. Wasitora.
0: Wasitora, yeah. So he ends up befriending this cat dragon who has these cute little cat dragon pups. Hence her cat dragon kittens in, in the oh, yeah,
1: well that was nice. No quick save there. Look at <laughs> you. I didn't even get a snarky comment in.
0: <laughs> hence pups. the kittens on the on the uh, uh on the card that the card makes that are super adorable um he he befriends her he befriends uh a a warrior from bogarden uh and ends up learning this volcano this uh god i can't remember the name of the spell i believe it's the meteor hammer yeah Mm -hmm. the meteor hammer spell it's that hammer magic we discussed on the the previous episode (laughs) all of the uh at in at this empire of Madeira all of the like or a lot of the government officials are able to uh access the meditation realm through like meditation it's like an actual realm it's like an astral plane you go to while meditating that got turned into a regular plane which causes continuity issues but we we won't get into that let's just let's just pretend it it works um I'm sorry. I'm very tired.
1: <laughs> Tetsuo,
0: <laughs> Tetsuo ends up luring, uh, playing on Bolus's arrogance uh, and luring him into a duel on this astral plane, the meditation realm. Uh, and, you know, Tetsuo knows he can't win, but he sets up a trap and casts this meteor hammer spell to destroy Nicol Bolas's body while Nicol Bolas's spirit is in this other realm. Uh, and succeeds in killing Bolus by cutting his ties to the plane and such, uh, and everyone lives happily ever after, and his descendants have nothing to worry about because Nicol Bolus is dead forever. Uh, That's true. Then, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's true that if you put Nicol Bolus on the meditation realm uh, and you just leave him there, it's fine. He'll never come back. So, spoiler alert, he does come back, and then he dominates Magic (laughs) Story for like 10 years. What? Uh,
1: That's wild.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then he gets beaten again, and they put him back on the Meditation Realm and say, this is fine. He can just stay here. Nothing bad will ever happen. So what's unintentionally hilarious, though, is when he comes back to, he he vows he's going to hunt down Tetsuo's ancestors and make them pay. And then he misses two of them like he he misses one on dominaria because in the return to dominaria we got tetsuko umazawa fugitive because bolus was still alive then and then when we went back to kamigawa we got satoru uh umazawa who like we don't know if he's a real umazawa or if he's just using the name and everyone's too afraid to call him on it but still it's kind of funny like i feel like bolus would have made him pay if if he had known Uh it's just kind of a cute Cute thing. The Umazawas are one of those, like, lineages, like the Carthalians we mentioned earlier, starting from the Lion. And speaking of Karthalians, the last thing I want to talk about is Jared Carthalian, who is, like, the modern-ish day Carthalian? Like, we got a legendary card for him in—was it Commander Legends?
1: Uh, yes.
0: So he's, like, the, Fabi- the Fabio hero. Like, he is the romance <laughs> cover— <laughs> The romance novel cover I don't, hero. I don't want of to magic. describe
1: him as that yet because he has his 16th birthday in Wayfarer. But, uh,
0: but yeah, he is a. He grows up he is to be a, that. He is a. He ends up becoming a planeswalker. So he's the first of this lineage to become a planeswalker. Uh, and he, he has a whole story. We've talked about him a lot before. Um, so I'm not going to go into the whole detail here. But basically, what happens is, uh, his whole, like, heritage, kingdom, and everything gets stolen from him uh by the servants of this planeswalker called Ravidel. Um <clears throat> Jared ends up uh trying to fight him and finding a way to destroy a we mentioned the Golgothian Silex earlier. Another Golgothian Silex uh-huh. or the same Silex. We don't know. There, there's Silex.
1: Like, two there's like five
0: There's like four possible Golgothian, there's four different possible Silexes that could all be the same or could be different ones. It's weird. And they're all spelled differently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's a whole thing where it's like, oh, it got destroyed here. No, actually, it got destroyed here. No, actually, it got destroyed here. Actually, it's in Yavimaya.
1: I I think, Though, like from a storytelling perspective, having the Golgothian Silex be this artifact that nobody knows if it's the real one or not, or if it's been destroyed or not, and just has all these myths and legends about it is very cool.
0: It is pretty cool. Uh so Jared ends up defeating Ravidel. Uh he's got basically he's got the longest story arc in all of um all of the Armada comics. Mm-hmm. He has like eight or nine comics devoted to him between uh a series called uh the shadow mage and a series called wayfarer uh where he ends up falling in love with a character named christina of the woods no Uh, oh
1: that's uh, why he.
0: the i brought it up i
1: brought it up you brought it up uh
0: uh so anyway we there was uh, we don't know his fate entirely because of the planeswalker war which is an exciting event we've mentioned before that never got published. <laughs> and so it left a lot of Planeswalkers kind of up in the air.
1: I would love to know what happens in the Planeswalker War. One day. So
0: that's really all I've got for today. Like we've got, there are a lot of, there are a lot of legends and legends. How much time we got left? Let me see. Got right, we're at 47 for minutes. Let me, let me pull up real quick. Let me pull up uh, the legends of legends and we'll just hit those. We'll talk about those real quick. Uh, any of the ones that I remember that I, I don't talk about. Um, Aisha Tanaka ends up being, I think she's some sort of like, uh, you know, no, let's just, just cut this. I don't, I don't yeah, remember yeah, half of not, what these minor characters do.
1: <laughs>
0: there are so many characters in legends who are uh, just fascinating in terms of like card design and there's character like f- name. 55 of them here. And I want to say, like thirty to forty of them are in the two legends cycles. I'll
1: I'll throw out some names of some of the bigger ones. Gabriel Angel Fire.
0: Yeah, he was the uh, basis of the uh, original New uh, Benalia religion before they turned to. They were actually the Benalians were actually very anti-Sara uh, back in the day, and they were worshippers of Gabriel Angel Fire instead.
1: Uh, let's see who else do we got here.
0: So Hezazon Tamar, I will say, is a character from Legends 1. He ends up being a strong ally to Jedet Ojanin and helping him
1: defeat Johan. Oh, we've got Ramirez de Pietro.
0: Uh He is... God, he's great. <laughs> he's, he, he's, so he... Between the two Legends cycles, we've mentioned this in the podcast before, they didn't coordinate who was getting which Legends, or at least they didn't coordinate well. And there were a couple of Legends that got used in both... But it could it shouldn't work because they take place like four hundred years apart, so Ramirez is one of those, and with his card in commander legends, they sort of canonize the fact that he's he was a ghost, so <laughs> um he's he claims to have done a lot of, they like lampshade it by saying he claims to have done a lot of things that maybe he may or may not have been able to do, but he is a very i mean he is the um uh what is johnny depp's character's name in uh pirates of the caribbean jack,
1: jack sparrow.
0: sparrow he's so, he's sort of the jack sparrow of of magic he's a swashbuckler yeah, that's yeah, like he's the, a swashbuckling like, pirate that's,
1: that's a swashbuckling a... femboy who becomes a swashbuckling femboy ghost and we appreciate him for it
0: i also love rag i love ragnar because man why is he here <laughs> <laughs> i bet they really wish they had that name during um their, while working on call time i bet i bet there was some character that was kept getting called ragnar and someone had to be like no i yeah.
1: can't use that name uh see really. uh, other legends there's a uh, roga of kerkeep
0: you gotta you gotta say it like you're having a hairball it's <laughs> roga of kerkeep uh yeah roga, roga oh, is God. actually a modern day character uh, which we've learned from, like, his son in Commander Legends, who is uh, uh, looking Rogue to Gok? overthrow him. Yeah, Rogrok, son of Roga. This um, He's
1: one of my commanders. Gotta,
0: gotta say it like, uh, I also love that there's a, a Sir Shandlar, not to be confused of sh- with Shandlar the plane. We talked about Savichi Skarzem, we talked about Sulkanar. I think it'd be really cool to get, like, a, an actual marrow Sorcerer version of Sulkanar one
1: day. Oh, I agree. Um, that feels like a Modern Horizons card. Uh, oh, you can talk about Torsten von Ursus. He's important.
0: Torsten von Ursus was a uh, so basically back in the day, there was a um, ancient human empire before Benalia called the Shielton Empire, which spanned half the plane. Uh, it collapsed, and Torsten von Ursus is kind of is the guy who united a new nation of Benalia. And he fa- so he he was the founder of Benalia essentially um so he's he's very famous in Benalian history because he died without an heir and left the kingdom to his seven closest subjects whose houses became the rulers from then on there's Erdrago who is not the Er dragon or related in any way uh Zira Arien is the other one that's interesting cuz she's like a in one book she is named as like a bug person and in the other book she in the other series she is also named, but the bug person mask is just a mask <laughs> i think uh she canonically she is in fact the insect wizard version because that is what uh her
1: is. yes her uh she has errata to be an insect wizard, so she is in fact canon bug person uh
0: what what can you tell me about Riven Turnbull because I'd love to read some of his political theses Riven Turnbull, where is he? Political violence is a perfectly legitimate answer to the persecution handed down by dignitaries of the state. And he's a blue black. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I, I just would love to read which some one more. Let
1: me, look, let me look that up.
0: <laughs> I'd love to read some more of Riven's writings. Uh they seem a little prescient right now. Anyways
1: <clears throat> I don't want to talk about legends legends anymore yeah let's not let's not do that <laughs> we should we we should wrap this up because uh there's not much
0: else to talk about these are this is kind of like the potpourri section of Dominaria trivia where it's like all of these things happened, but the really important stuff we'll get to later in more detail. this is just kind of like just so you know these people existed, yeah, so I don't think Riven is actually in anything, which is kind of funny because everyone saw, saw him and immediately thought nah I'm not going to include this <laughs> character in my story but he feels like he would be a perfectly good character for the Legends 2 cycle but I don't think he's I don't think he's actually in it. He's one of the handful that doesn't actually make it into any story
1: Oh well sucks for him.
0: Alright well on that note let's move on to final thoughts. So my final thought is that I have just started playing The Quarry I really love these. I think it's was it Supermassive? Is that the name
1: of the studio? Supergiant? Super Giant. The Hades.
0: Yeah. Uh no, no, no.
1: Hades and fashion. No different?
0: Uh it's Supermassive, yeah. Supermassive Games makes these uh narrative horror games starting with Until Dawn, and then they made the the Dark Pictures anthology. There are three games in that series now, and there's a fourth coming out. And they also have made this new game called The Quarry. So until dawn and the quarry are kind of longer games; they're like 10, 12 hours. Whereas the, uh, um, the the dark pictures games are more like six hours. Like you can beat them in a single sitting. Where the quarry's a little bit too long for that. Anyway, I started playing it, and I am enjoying it so far. Uh, there's some jankiness in these games, as there always is, but it's it's a fun. It's fun so far. I li- I like these little horror games where I can choose what happens to these little idiots, whether they live or die. Although I do get annoyed when, like, whether they live or die is based on some stupid choice I made hours before, <laughs> having no idea what the consequences would be. Anyway, that's all I got to say.
1: Um, I don't have final thought. I don't know. I'm a couple of years behind on watching Ted Lasso, but it's very delightful. I'm, like, six episodes in, I think, but I like it.
0: It's a good show. I, like, would d- I was not I expecting would- to like it.
1: I would die for Keely.
0: (laughs) She's great. She's great, and she only gets better. I believe it. I I have not watched any of Ted Lasso. Um, I will say, uh, since the last recording, I have moved houses entirely. I am in a brand new house. I am uh, at a new desk. I bought a new bed. A lot of new things in my life. I've uh, just bought a new TV, and I'm watching Stranger Things. I'm catching up. Uh, holy crap season 4 these episodes are longer than anything I've ever watched a television show for um but you know my my final thought will be a, a fond farewell to the Revolutions podcast uh, I've talked about it a few times on this podcast Revolutions it's one of my favorites uh made by Mike Duncan the very last episode released last week two weeks ago depending on when you're listening to this um but it it's done. They've he, he did all the revolutions. Um, that's not true. He did a lot of them, but it's a really good podcast. Now that it's all complete, I recommend for people who want to learn a little bit about history to go listen. It's good.
1: I would recommend starting a revolution.
0: I also recommend that. Maybe we should talk to this Riven Turnbull guy. I <laughs> feel like he hasn't gotten enough recognition. <laughs>
1: uh, magic story will do him justice one day, I'm sure. Um, if you also have a penchant for underappreciated legendary characters uh, like we do, and you enjoy our show and would like to support our insane lust for these esoteric people we find—I mentioned Loot-Nip to again this episode, again, I'll never stop— Um, You can head over to patreon.com slash thevorthoscast and support us today. Uh, The more you support us, the the more we get to talk about these inane little characters that nobody but us cares about, uh, which is a big part of our appeal, I think, but also the part where we tell you, like, the actual important things. Uh, (laughs) But uh, we uh, also have a Discord server where, uh, Vorthoses from around the world are, um, settling into our preview drought until, uh, Dominaria, which has everyone very excited. Um, we have a wonderful community filled with wonderful people who all have their own little personal pet, Blorbos, from, uh, Magic the Gathering stories, and it's, uh, just a wonderful place, and we would love to have more people there, um, we would love to to grow that community and, and watch everyone interact. It's it's delightful is what it is. Y'all are great and uh, I'm I feel very lucky that we get to to host this uh, wonderful place on the interwebs. I said the interwebs. It's 2022. I should be embarrassed about that. You
0: should be, but you're not. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. This has been The Vorthos Cast.